Hello, all you gardening cats and gators. I know you're disappointed this is not Cisco. He is in Oregon. He has two speaking engagements down there. And he took his dog, Izzy, because he's one of the speaking engagements is at Seaside. So they are going to have a great time running up and down the beach. I'm Nita Jo Roundtree, and I'm on the board of directors of the Bellevue Botanical Garden, on the Heronswood Steering Committee, and on the advisory board of the Northwest Horticultural Society. I give lectures around the region, and I've written a book called Growing Roses in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm filling in for Cisco to answer your gardening questions. Rob is working the technical desk for me, so give us a call at 888-973-5476. Again, 888-973-5476. I am absolutely beside myself with the beautiful weather we've been having. This is such an exciting time in the garden. The plants are going growing so fast, you can almost stand there and watch them grow. A little later, I want to tell you about some of the plants I've bought this year. But first, I want to tell you about some fun events that are happening this week. It's Mother's Day at the Garden, at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it is going to be a drop-dead gorgeous day. The garden is looking so beautiful. What a great place to take your mother. Absolutely free. And they have all kinds of events lined up for you. There's kids posy making for moms so that the kids can put together a little flower arrangement and give it to their mother There's a ballroom dancing demonstration by Pacific Dance Company and live music. On our website, you can find a schedule of what time, what group will be playing. Uh, The website is www.bellevuebotanical.org. There's also clean air artists located throughout the garden. I had to look that up. What is a clean air artist? Well, it is simply painting outside, so you're painting landscapes as opposed to still lifes. There will be refreshments at the Copper Kettle Coffee Bar, available for purchase, and shopping at the Trillium Store. They have so many wonderful gift ideas for your mom, things for your garden. It's really fun to just look around in there. So, Bring your mom to the Bellevue Botanical Garden tomorrow. It's absolutely free. Also, we have uh, National Public Gardens Week going on next week, May 13th through 19th. The week after Mother's Day, many of the nation's public gardens will offer special events and activities to encourage visitors to explore and discover their local public gardens while learning about each other's gardens, commitment, to Education, Research, and Environmental Stewardship. The Bellevue Botanical Garden is honored to participate in this special week. And by by the way, the BBG is one of the few gardens, public gardens, that's absolutely free, open to the public 365 days a year. And so you might want to consider joining just to support the garden. You don't have to volunteer, but if you want to volunteer, there are plenty of opportunities available of a whole variety of things that you could do. But back to National Public Gardens Week, on Monday, 
May 13th from 11 to 12, there's the Curator's Walk with Alex Wright. You meet at the water wall at the BBG entry. And Alex is a walking horticultural encyclopedia. He can not only name every single plant, but he can tell you where he has seen these plants. So uh, it looks like we have a call on the line. So let's go to Natasha in Bellevue. Hi, Natasha. Yeah, hey, I'm in Bothell, actually, but close enough. Did I say Bothell? You said Bellevue, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Oh, I've got Bellevue on the brain. Well, thank you for correcting me. How are things in Bothell today? Okay. In Bothell, it's, it's, it's really hot today and unpleasant. But my question is about flea beetles. So second year in a row, I've had them, including this year, they're already starting. And they've been eating my poor tomatoes um, to the bone. And so I, last year, I tried neem oil. I tried uh, different soap sprays, and it didn't help. This year, I'm trying rhubarb leaves. Uh, but what else can I do to get rid of them organically? Uh, there's really not much else organically that you can do. Are, are you spraying like every few days? How often are you spraying? Well, in the hot weather, I sprayed maybe once a week. But if it's raining, I spray every few days. Uh-huh. Well, I would try spraying every three days with neem oil. And neem oil while it's organic, it will kill your beneficial insects. So make sure you don't have any ladybugs, lady beetles on the places where you're spraying because it will also kill them. And that really should kill your flea beetles, but you have to keep after it. You have to have frequent applications because they reproduce so fast that you're killing one generation, but the next generation is already about to hatch. Okay, so um, I have a question about neem oil. There are, I've tried the store-bought ones. Um, I think it's some sort of neem oil extract. And then I've tried actual cold-pressed neem oil. Uh, do you know which one would be better? Well, they both should do the same thing as long as you're following the, indru- uh, the instructions on the package. So I don't, okay. I, I don't think that one is better than the other. I think you'll be fine. All right. Well, I'll I'll try that. Thank you. Well, good luck, Natasha. Thank you for your call. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, let's go to Robert in Magnolia. He has a rose tree pruning question. Hi, Robert. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Thank you. Except it's Nita Joe. I hope you can help. I'm sorry I got a cold, but I got a huge rose tree, and um, I'd like to trim it back, but I'm not sure where to start. How do you do that? Okay. Well, now, is this a an actual tree rose that has been grafted onto a single tall stem? Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. That's the question. It's um, the main trunk is at least six inches in diameter. It's not a bunch of canes that have been grafted together. This is a real tree. Do you know what kind of rose it is? 
I have no idea. All I know is that it, it blooms in the early spring. In fact, it had bloomed when we had that big snow, and uh, it did lose a branch because of snow weight. Hmm. Yeah. And the blooms are pretty much gone now. Well, it sounds like it is a regular rose growing from the ground. You know what, Robert? We have to take a break right now. Would you mind holding for just a few minutes until I can come back? Okay, thank you so much. We're going to, Rob is going to take us to a break and we'll be right back. Gardening with Cisco. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Okay, I am back. Nita Joe Roundtree here to answer your gardening questions. Thank you for hanging on the phone, Robert, while we went through the com- commercial break. It's, it sounds to me like you have just one giant rose bush that hasn't been pruned in a while. Would that be about right? Does it bloom all through the uh, summer? I would say probably 70 years. <laughs> Well, that is a long time. And so it, it's just too big and you want to get it kind of back into control. Is that your goal? Right. Okay. Well, the typical time for pruning rose bushes is late winter or early spring. However, roses are really resilient and you can cut it back pretty much as far as you want and it will not kill the bush. But Maybe don't cut it too far at one time due to the fact that this bush hasn't been pruned in 70 years. So I would, if I were you, I would cut it back about two-thirds of its current height. And then then next late winter, like February, March, then you can do a regular pruning on it and prune it to shape, prune it the way you want it prune out and you could now you could take out all of the dead wood because that will really improve the health of the bush and then after you've done this pruning and be sure to wear really good rose gloves because it will it's fierce <laughs> it will cut you up but after you pr- should say there are no thorns whatsoever on this tree oh uh, does it mainly bloom in the spring and not in the summer it blooms one time only in the ah, spring. Okay, I think I know what you have. Let's see. Uh-huh. I think it's a Paul's Himalayan musk. Does it have like whitish bloom? Blooms a little bit pink tins? No, it has bright red, rosy type blooms. Okay, so it's probably a rambler. So you can go ahead and cut that back about two thirds of the way down. Give it a good drink of water after you've done that, and it's going to put out all kinds of new growth for you. And then, in a couple of weeks, give it a little bit of organic rose food. And and then it'll come back stronger than ever. Great. And what did you say the name might be again? Well, I was guessing that it was Paul's Himalayan musk, but that does not have red flowers. But I do think oh. it's probably some type of rambler rose. But I okay. don't I don't know which one. Right. Okay. All right, well I'll give it a try. Well thank you for calling Robert. Good luck with that and be careful um when you're pruning, even though it doesn't have thorns 
it can still be quite a job with a rose that big. Oh, it's awful big. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Thank you for calling. You bet. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we've got Gary, who's been waiting on the phone for a while, from Bremerton. Gary, what is your question? <laughs> Thank you very much for answering questions. Um, <clears throat> well, I have this forest flame, generic term there, uh, had for quite some time. I'd say it's at least six foot high. This winter, when we had a lot of snow, I went over there. It looked like it was going to break all the branches out with all the snow. So I took the snow off the best I could, took some rope and roped up those drooping uh, limbs. But now the rope is still there, and they're so full of blossoms, they might as well be snow. It's, everything's kind of hanging down. Uh, it probably needs some trimming. I don't know when to do it or how much I should do it. It's starting to have little red flowers on it now, uh, about the size of a dogwood flower or whatever. Uh, but it looks really pretty. What do you suggest? Well, I'm assuming that this is a type of Japanese Pieris, Pieris japonica. Does that sound right to you? Um, I don't know. I just know it is this forest flame. They turn multicolors all year long and... You know, the leaves turn one, and they have the berries, and then they have the pretty flowers. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably, because uh, there is a Japanese Pieris that the cultivar name is Forest Flame. And as soon as those blossoms fade, that's when you want to prune it to shape it up. And if there are branches that are hanging down to the ground, it's okay to go ahead and cut those back far enough so that the branch is able to support the leaves on the plant. But be sure to do it right away after it finishes blooming because the Japanese Pieris blooms on old wood. And if you wait too long, then you're probably going, it, it sets its flower buds not too long after the buds fade, the flowers fade. So you don't want to wait too late to prune it, to prune it because then you'll cut off next year's flowers. So can I can I shape that into a, a tree and not so much a bush? Or what are my options there? You can. You sure can. Uh, just cut some of the drooping black branches all the way to the ground and leave a strong central stem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful bush. Well, good. But if it wasn't for the, I think if it wasn't for the rope right now, they'd be breaking. Yeah. Well, uh, you did exactly the right thing. That that snow we had in February it was such a heavy snow; it really wrecked a lot of plants. Yeah. So, so you t- you get a gold star for rescuing your plant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have one quick question. I've I've had to cut down a lot of blackberries between the neighbors and my house. Um, and I know Cisco said to keep mowed down, but it's not a flat area, so it's a weed eater if you oh. can get into it area. Yeah. Um, someone told me about a horticultural vinegar. Is that an option? And if it is, how do you use it on stubble? Well, a- any kind of vinegar, if you pour it on a plant on a hot day, a hot sunny day, it will knock the knock the plant back. Uh, the the Blackberries, though, are so tough. I don't know that that would really work on those. Okay. I think you need something stronger to kill them. So, you know, you might have to go to a chemical control in order 
to knock them back, and then they're still going to come back. <laughs> yeah, I've got to keep them down, like Cisco said, within you know two inches or something, or just for a few years, just keep them, keep fighting them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll give that, I'll get in there with something and, and keep at it for a couple of years. Thank you for your information. Well, good luck, Gary. Good luck with that forest flame bush. Okay. Thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to have to take a break in just a few seconds. So while we wait for the break, I'll just continue to tell you about National Public Gardens Week. We have all kinds of events going on at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. Just go to our website, bellevuebotanical.org, and you'll have a, you can see a whole list of the events, and they're all absolutely free. And by all means, take your mother over there tomorrow. What a beautiful day and a beautiful way to spend Mother's Day. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Gardening with Cisco. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la! Here's Cisco. Actually, it's Nita Joe Roundtree today because Cisco is in Oregon doing a couple of speaking engagements down there. So I've kept Melinda from Gig Harbor holding on the line for quite a while now. Thank you so much for holding, Melinda. You have a question for me? I do. Um, actually, I have, I've talked to you before about um, I have like three Zephyrin's Ruhan roses. Um, and it seems that I'm, one of them is really like, stunted. Hmm. Um, the other two are flourishing, and but this one, you know, I, I had problems with bowls, and I've seen, I actually threw one plant away because it was kind of doing the same thing, where it's stunted leaves mm-hmm. and kind of bunched up, um, so I thought, oh, it's a, it's a bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bowl anymore, and now it's Zeta virus. Well, I have some good news for you. Uh-huh. Thank goodness Rose Rosetta virus is not here in the Pacific Northwest. It has not arrived in this part of the country yet. That's not to say that it okay. won't. But Bye. you you don't have to worry about that. Uh it's really unusual for your rose to be stunted though. It sounds to me like it's a root problem. Um I think you... Well, maybe it is still a vole living down there. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Can you um, can you move the rose to a different location? Uh, you know, my big thing is that it's... Um, I have three of them that my husband built, these nice cedar boxes going up and let, uh, down a fence line. And so I was trying to get that nice... Oh, yes. going down. Right. Oh, well, Um, that sounds like a great idea. Well, I would bet that it's a root problem, and I don't know how else to deal with it other than digging the rose out and Uh amending the soil. Uh, So they're they're, they're in the ground, right? They're in the, well, they're in pots, big cedar boxes. 
you that know, my husband made for you, you me. know so, what um, what may have happened is maybe those how long have they been in those boxes oh i'm going to say probably the last three four years at least okay it could be that the roots are getting tangled up with each other if the roots uh-huh. were not spread out when you first planted them it's uh-huh. possible for the roots to just keep growing around in circles and then it just almost chokes itself to death. So if yeah, I, I were you, I would, and, and it probably won't be too terribly difficult to dig it out since they are in containers, and right. I would take a good look at those roots and try to spread them out and then put it okay. back with some compost and some organic rose fertilizer and then give it a really good drink of water and I'll bet you that'll solve your problem. Okay, that's I'll do that. That's that's a better than get trying to get rid of it. I was going to replace it after reading your books anyhow, but I uh, didn't know exactly what to replace it with, so um, I wouldn't give up but, on it yet. I think if you help those roots out, the, the top growth will really thank you. Okay. Well, I'll try that out. That's terrific. Okay, good. Melinda. Well, good luck <laughs> with right. that, and thank you for your call. You're so welcome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. Well, I want to tell you about something else that's happening on Mother's Day. If you've never been to Heronswood Garden... Uh, it's in Kingston on the Kitsap Peninsula. You have got to go. It is just a dream come true going through that garden. And they're doing so many things now to even make it better. They've got a whole new section that they're making a renovation garden. It's kind of like a stumpery, but it has history that goes along with it. The garden is owned by the Sklalem Indian tribe, and so this renovation garden is going to have some Indian history in it with the logging that they used to do and fishing. Dan Hinckley is the executive director, and of course he is one of the most incredible, famous horticulturists in the world. And... He's just doing wonderful things with that garden. But anyway, they are having an open garden this weekend. It's from 10 to 4, I think. And you, you can go and... You can go through the garden Saturday and Sunday for $10. But on Mother's Day, they're having a special deal where mothers go free. So you don't even have to pay for your mom to go through the garden. They are also offering classes at the garden on various dates. In fact, I'm going to be giving a rose class there on June the 8th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can go to the Heronswood website and register for the class. The website is www.heronswoodgarden.org. And you can get a complete schedule of all of the classes there. And the garden is actually open every, let's see, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It costs $10 for adults to go through the garden, $5 for children. But if you're a Heronswood member, it's free. And they also offer guided tours on weekdays year-round with a member of the garden staff. So it's really 
It's a wonderful garden. They have plant they have plant vendors there today and tomorrow selling all kinds of specialty plants. And of course, you get to go to the plant sale for free, but you go through the garden for $10 free tomorrow. What a beautiful place to be on Mother's Day weekend. So we're going to take a break in just a minute now, but please give me a call with your gardening question at 888-973-5476. Gardening with Cisco, but it's Nita Joe today. So please give me a call and I can answer your gardening question. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. And I'm back. This is Nita Joe Roundtree filling in for Cisco. Trying to answer your gardening questions, please give me a call at 888-973-5476. I want to let you know that at the Bellevue Botanical Garden this Wednesday, we have a great guest speaker. It's at 7 o'clock p.m., Dan Benarsik who's part of the creative team at Chanticleer Garden, which is one of the great gardens of our country. It's located in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Chanticleer is a colorful contemporary garden within a historic setting. London's Financial Times calls it planted to perfection, and Garden Design Magazine says it's one of Americans, America's most inspiring gardens. So... You can go to our website, the Botanical Garden, www.bellevuebotanical.org, and get information about the lecture and how to sign up. So I hope to see you there. I also want to let you know that in addition to giving a rose class at Heronswood Garden on June 8th, I'm going to be at Christensen's Rose Festival at... Uh, let's see. I'm at one at, at one p.m. Cisco's at three p.m. So that is going to be June the twenty second. So I'm going to be talking about roses at Christensen's during their Rose Festival, and Cisco will be there at three p.m. Then on June the twenty ninth, I'll be at Mulbacks at ten a.m. talking about hydrangeas. So come and see me at one of those places. Or all of them, better yet. So I think I have a, a caller on the line, Mark from SeaTac. Hi, Mark. How can I help you today? Well, hi, Nita Joe. I've got uh, a carpus, uh fortunae, a windmill oh. palm. Uh-huh. I've got a couple of them that I've had a couple of years. And when we bought them, uh, they were beautiful green, but the last summer and now the beginning of this summer... They're pretty much yellow, and I'm wondering what's causing that or what I can do about it. Are you? I guess you're keeping them well watered, right? I think we're watering them pretty well, yeah. Okay. The only way to really know what's going on is to do a, t- a soil test and see. It's, uh-huh. it's obviously missing one of its essential types of food that it needs. Uh, Of course, nitrogen would be uh, my first guess. Our soils here in the Pacific Northwest are often low in nitrogen, so I would try giving it some 
nitrogen food, and then it also wouldn't hurt to give it a little bit of iron also. Okay. Uh, since, okay. the, since the leaves are all yellow, not they don't have like green stripes in them, right? Uh, no. No. Okay, so I think it's probably a nitrogen deficiency, yeah. and that's where okay, I would the, start. The youngest ones come out green, and then they turn yellow. Yeah. And it is it in full sun? Yes. Okay. Well, it should like that. Uh, it, uh-huh. If it was getting leaf scorch, I think the tips of the leaves would be brown. But if they're all... They are brown. Oh, the tips are brown? Yes. Hmm. Well, I wonder if they're having a hard time adjusting to the early summer that that we've been having the last few days. But I would start with some nitrogen and keep it well watered, but don't you know? Don't overwater it because that'll kill it. But but uh, I think it's a nitrogen deficiency. Well, we'll give it a go. Okay, Mark. Well, good luck with that. I hope it works for you. Uh, Me too. Thanks a lot. Thank you for calling. Okay, we have Gary from Olympia on the line. Hi, Gary. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Oh, love your program and all the wonderful guests Cisco has on. Oh, thank you. I was I was on last week. Yeah, I don't miss much. (laughs) (laughs) I live with the radio. But um, anyway, my rosemary plant, which used to be about seven and a half feet tall the snow took about three feet of it and it's Uh. a great big huge bush and i've i've been having to cut branches off it because it's got scales on it boy that is that is a dickens of a pest to get rid of i yeah i actually like to scrape them off with my fingernail if but this the the leaves on the rosemary plant are so narrow and there's so many of them that would be very well, this, difficult it's such a huge plant so my question is do you think neem oil would help yes i do um but you you're gonna have to spray it about every other day because you want to suffocate. No problem. Yeah, you want to suffocate those scales, and right. Yeah, and and, it's covered. <laughs> There's uh, so many, and it's killing my plant. Oh f- yes, it will do that. And I'd also cut the ba- the plant back about, about by about a third, and that way uh, it might be a little more manageable. This is what I've been doing, especially on the long branches that have so many on there. It's just already turning everything brown so i just cut it off and get it away that is exactly the right thing to do but you are you have a battle on your hands with those scales i thought so Uh, (laughs) i i would i would scrape as many of them off as i could and then i would spray it with neem oil every other day okay yeah it's uh i inherited this about five years ago and it just took off and at least seven of the main branches got almost seven foot tall. Yeah. Oh, well. You. It, it normally blooms all winter from like November to March. But not but this year. Bloom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still blooming. Wow. Well, I, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Time's getting by. Maybe you get another caller in and so enjoy everything. Tell Cisco hello. Okay, Gary. Thank you so much for your call and good luck with that rosemary plant. I bet you're going to save it. 
I think so. I've, I've got a green thumb, and, and I think I'm on the right track. Ah, good for you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless. Godspeed. Okay. Same to you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, I want to tell you about some of the plants that I've been buying lately to plant in my garden. You may remember that a few years ago, impatience, you know, the little annual impatience that grows really well in the shade and blooms all summer long. Of course, it doesn't live through the winter, but that's okay. It it just, it's so beautiful all summer. Well, a few years ago, it was attacked by downy, uh, um, mildew, downy mildew, and it absolutely wiped out almost all the impatience all over the nation, and you couldn't, then you couldn't even buy an impatience for a while, and if you did, it would get this downy mildew and die. Well, fortunately, the breeders have frantically been trying to get an impatience that was resistant to this downy mildew disease. So they came out with bounce impatience and some sun patients, and they were um, very, very resistant to the downy mildew. But there's a new one called Emera impatience, I-M-E-R-A, and it is supposed to be really good. So I've bought one of those. And I'm going to see if this one works as well as it's supposed to. So in the meantime, we have to wrap the show up. Unfortunately, I really have so much more to tell you. But uh, remember that we have Mother's Day at the Bellevue Botanical Garden and at Heronswood Garden. So what a wonderful way to spend the day with your mother. We have a great lecture at the Bellevue Botanical Garden on Wednesday at 7 p.m. And I hope that I see you at one of the places where I'm giving lectures at Heronswood or Christensen's or Mobacks. So thank you all for listening today and tune in next week and Cisco will be back. 